Morning getters, the sun is shining, a blue sky. I think I'll go out on the bike today if I get the chance. Already got the washing out. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a new man, me. I can hang, I've always been able to hang, I don't hang it out properly. Uh, but I had to hang it out today. Uh, usually my wife, because my wife uh, knows the rules, we have to, uh, when we, in the gated community, and welcome to the gated community, uh, live from the gated community, um, you have to uh, hang your washing out properly. Uh, there are certain criteria has to be met. My wife knows the rules. However, uh, she was in a bit of a hurry last week and she hung out the pants. At the, you're not supposed to put the pants on the outside of the whirly gig. You know the whirly gig thing? We're not allowed washing uh, lying clothes, uh, but it's the it was the whirly gig, and uh, for some reason my wife put the pants outside, on the outside thingy, and the drone they have a drone that uh, flies above the gated community to check. Uh, we are we are adhering to the rules, and uh, we got spotted. So she was suspended. She's been suspended. She's uh, actually um, not allowed to do any household chores. Uh, until she's and, and she has to go on a course as well of the criteria what you have to do uh, when you're um, using uh, the washing line. So so it's good. I quite enjoyed it. I think I've done it to all right. Um, I, I've done everything I think, and I've stuck to the rules. Uh, so hopefully that's going to be okay. Uh, paella. I had my paella. Ha, ha. Yeah, I had paella yesterday, and the good news, it was gorgeous, it was just gorgeous. Oh, and uh, my Auntie Susan had, had done a meringue, she makes meringue, <gasps> and uh, strawberries, uh, raspberries, and oh, cream, oh man, oh, man. my cholesterol just actually said, do your own thing, I, I can't help you here. And, uh, and the uh, paella had mussels in it, yeah. Now remember this whole thing about talking about where I wasn't sure where I was allergic to mussels or not? I'm not. I can have my mules, marinure, I can have them because I'm not allergic to them. So the next chance I get, and I'm in a restaurant, I'm going to ask for a big bowl of those mules, marinure. I'm going to ask for a, with the parsley thing and a wee side dish of chips. Though God knows when I'll get the chance to do that. I don't know when, you know, I feel safe enough. A few of the restaurants, have, well, all the restaurants have kind of opened up. Uh, and um, and I hear some of them doing really good things. They're putting partitions between the booths and everything. So I just don't feel right yet, do you? And I know I should, because we've got to think about people's jobs as well. Uh, but there's something in the papers today, or something in the telly this morning, about people not going, and you're booking a table and not going, and uh, some of these top chefs, 27 covers um, didn't turn up, 27 people at uh, tables didn't, weren't taken. I wouldn't even think about that. That would just be so bad manners uh, to book a table and then not go and not even let them know you're not going. So, you know, if you're doing it, you know, turn up. But it's just bad manners, isn't it? It's just that whole thing of you thinking that you're more important than the restaurant. But it's going to be a tough time for the restaurant people. They're going to go through some... Some uh, tough old times, uh, and I suppose we have to support them. I nearly went for a pint last week, I'll be honest with you. Nearly went down last week for a pint, and I thought, mm, should I go for one? And I kind of bottled. I, I, yeah, I bottled. Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't go for it. Naughty boy, but that's how it goes, you know. It's, well, I, I've got to think about health as well. I still get this sort of weird feeling in my left kidney. Let's not go there. Anyway, uh, what's in the news? Uh, what, what, what? Oh, let's start off with some good news, shall we? 
this is fantastic. Coronavirus vaccine. Uh, and I saw the lady on from Oxford University. I think it's Oxford University Hospitals are doing a... Uh, the UK government signs deal for 90 million doses, which is fantastic. Uh, the vaccines have been researched by an alliance between the pharmaceutical companies, uh, BioNTech and Pfizer, as well as firm Valneva. And uh, it's a new deal's top of 100 million doses uh, at Oxford University vaccine. All oh, right, so it's another one as well. However, it's still uncertain which of these experimental vaccines may work. But the lady that was on from Oxford University this morning, she was saying uh, that... Um, that they're really hopeful and they're doing all their testing in parallel. Usually they do the uh, they try it out and it's one stage after. They're running all their tests in parallel at the moment so they can get it done quicker. And they're still sticking to it. Uh, they're still sticking to the, all the, the criteria. And they're looking for volunteers. I volunteered on the uh, COVID-19 app. I do. I report my uh, symptoms every day if I have any. I don't have any. Uh, and I volunteered because I want to be up there, but I don't know because I've got asthma. But I, I, I just thought, you know, it, it still amazes me. I know, I know that, you know, but there are some clever people in the world. You know, there's people going into their work every day trying to find this vaccine. People going into, you know, ICUs and, and attaching ventilators, trying to work out the best thing they can do for their patients, using the science and the knowledge they've got. So thank you, you clever people. There's another thing that's got, kind of uh, got everybody excited as well. Uh, you know that, the, uh, was it Remdesivor? Uh, that, uh, that drug that uh, sort of has been, uh, Trump has bought a, a whole lot of doses of it. It's supposed to help um, uh, with people coping with uh, being in ventilators and everything. And uh, it, it showed some fairly good results. But there's another one. The preliminary results of clinical trials suggest uh, a protein treatment uh, could be the thing. It's um, this thing, a protein, uh, I, I don't know the signs. I just, I don't know the, the whole thing, but I just think it's clever. Uh, the, uh, the preliminary results of a clinical trial suggest a new treatment for COVID-19 dramatically reduces the number of patients needing intensive care, according to the company that developed it. It's from the Southampton-based biotech Synergen. We need to tell these companies, you've got to get, give me a better name, because I can't pronounce the name of your company. All right, I'm only a DJ. Synergen. Synergen? That might, might be it. Um, and it, uh, it, this thing produces a protein called uh, infer interferon beta, which the body produces when it gets a viral infection. The protein is inhaled directly into the lungs of patients with coronavirus using a nebulizer in the hope that it will stimulate immune response. The initial findings suggest the treatment cut the odds of COVID-19 patients in hospital developing severe diseases, such as those that will require ventilation, by 79%. You see, people are working hard. And for all the advice that's gone flying around, should we wear a mask? Let's just wear a Let's us do the simple thing. Let's us just wear a mask. By the way, uh, I think my blue eyes are really highlighted. Depends what mask I'm wearing. But if I wear a slightly uh, darker mask, what a kind of dark blue one, my lovely blue eyes come up. So I might, I might be quite an attractive guy with a mask on. Luckily enough, I'm married. But you know, you know, you, just, you know, if you've got it, flaunt it. And these eyes work. Wear a mask, everybody. Let's come on. Let's wear a mask and let these scientists, these clever people, get into the labs and be working for us. And all we need to do: social distancing, wash our hands, 
and wear a mask when we're indoors in a, a hospital, uh, in, indoors, full stop. Just wear a mask. Come on, we can do it. Let the clever people get on with it. Uh, oh, there's a good story here I thought about to bring it to you as well. Um, you know these uh, these programs that you, know, you buy a bargain. What is it? Uh, yeah, knock up and build up or something? Is it? What's the name of that bargain? Not bargain buy. It's but what's the name of that one? Um, deal of the day? Uh, no. It's, yeah, homes under the hammer with Martin and Dion and that Scottish lassie now. Uh, our TV auction horror couple buy bargain sixty nine grand cottage right from homes under the hammer, then discovered. It only comes with a five-foot garden. Uh, now, it, it is, it's, and it's, the, the, uh, it's just literally, you can open your doors to your conservatory, or to your, uh, but you open your patio doors into your garden, and it's five feet in length. Uh, the rest of the garden is owned by the, uh, the farmer. Uh, they thought they'd secured a real bargain, buying a house for 69 grand. Uh, auctioneer Colin West, you often see him in the homes under the hammer told the pair they, uh, the winning bid for the two-bedroom Cumbrian cottage was part of, it was the deal of the day. But their relation turned to despair when they learned that all bar five-foot strip of the garden belonged to the neighbouring farmer. So the picture they took, and uh, they took this, and it's got beautiful furniture, but that part of the garden is owned by the farmer. So you've got five foot, then the rest of it is owned by the farmer. Uh, so they're, they're, they haven't got the bargain, but they, they took them to court. Now, you'd think they'd get the 69 grand back, but they didn't. Uh, Homes Under the Hammer approached a couple to film the renovation efforts, but the plan was dropped because the sale led to court action. I should think, I should go, go. I feel sick, sick to the stomach when their solicitor told me they didn't think the garden was included in the deeds, said Mrs French, 54. She's 54, Mrs French, who does properties up full-time with her 53-year-old husband. Yeah, it's, it looks like a nice, you know, one of those little cottages in Cumbria. Anyway, the um, they, they took the, the the guy went to court. Uh, he was uh, he, he was guilty of misdescribing the house and was fined nine hundred and fifty quid. Then the, the Carlisle magistrates decided he he had not sought to deceive, but still had a duty of care when selling properties. Following the case, the bloke West offered the couple three thousand in compensation, but they are seeking twelve thousand five hundred. Saying they're unable to market the property at 120,000 pounds. Why? Why do they? Why do they not get the money back? Is it? Oh, is it? Yeah, buyer beware. Is it that one? So you 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 know? Well, you don't know what you're buying, but you buy it and you take it. Mind you, because a lot of these people who do buy them, uh, buy it on the kind of uh, they just they don't actually get a survey done. They just go for it and then they go and the whole thing and uh, bid for it and then TV comes and films it. Dion Dublin, oh, 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 three doors down are moving. I think they're way out for their holidays. I think, I know one of the, we have a lottery on who can get out for holidays every year. And I think three doors, they kept it very quiet, but I think they've been allowed off the gated community for a week. Lucky devils. No, it's quite nice at the moment. Cup of coffee. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that's nice. So buyer beware. When you go to buy a house, missus, you watch yourself. Right, yeah. I, when I sold my house, I've only ever uh, I bought one house. I've only ever bought two houses, but man, when you're showing people around your houses, they can be so rude, can't they? They're so rude in the things they say. Uh, I mean, you know, but your house, mm, yeah, you like yellow, don't you? We, well, you, I, I like yellow. I like really bright uh, colours in the house. Oh, you like 
though we have got caramel latte on the walls. Caramel latte. I really like it. But they say rude things. And then that whole idea of people coming round one after the other to try and sell your house, uh, you know, to look around your house. And they're complete strangers. You know, it's a weird thing, isn't it? When you let people in, complete strangers into your your house. And, you know, you just say, well, just go ahead, have a look around. I hope they don't check your pants drawer. Hey, you remember that guy, Dominic Rab? Rabbit in the headlights, as I call him. It's all kicking off with China. You know, we've got this whole issue with China. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, somebody's trying to hack their vaccine. We think it might be the Russians. It could be the Chinese. I don't know. But it's all kicking off there. You know, so they're talking about, uh, we've got to do something to show the Chinese who's the boss. And I think we all know China's the boss. But anyway, Dominic Rabin, Rabbit in the Headlights is set to tear up Britain's extradition agreement with Hong Kong. As he warns, we must be very capable, careful in dealings with China as Huawei... Remember the Huawei? Huawei, Huawei has gone because we're not taking Huawei's 5G. Uh, they, they, that's, so it's escalating uh, and uh, retaliatory action is threatened by China. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we buy a lot of stuff from China. So, you know, don't worry too much that we, we, they might go, oh, we get a lot of stuff from China. So, However, I'm not sure that Dominic Rabbit and the headlights uh, relations between China and Great Britain have been increasingly strained. You, you don't, you don't, oh, I, I can't remember the last time I had my uh, relations strained. I think I did a lunge once. I've never pulled a, I've never pulled a groin. I said to my son yesterday, I've never actually pulled a hamstring. I probably haven't gone that fast, but I've never had injuries like that. But then, I am special. I'm, you know, I'm built for action. Uh, the two countries, China and Britain, have clashed over COVID-19, Huawei and Hong Kong. Uh, Dominic Rabb says the UK must be careful. He is set to reveal the government will not hand over suspects to Hong Kong. Now, I don't know how many suspects we hang o hand over, but I think it's a diplomatic gesture, all right? I don't think it's a massive thing that, you know, they're going to say like 3,000 people. Aren't going to go. I think it's, you know, this is the first start because they ramp it up, don't they? They usually, what usually happens with the Cold War, remember the Cold War, uh, we would send some of their people from the uh, embassy back to Russia and Russia would send some of them back to us. And usually it was just spies. <laughs> they knew exactly. Of course, they used to say it was usually the, uh, the in industry or business secretary who was usually the spies, you know, in the embassies. Anyway, they would send them back. So they'd send three back and we'd probably send four. And they'd say, well, all right, we'll send another one back. And then it would go, and it would calm down. And then we'd be big pals again. And then something else would kick off. Britain is set to tear up sex tradition uh, agreement with Hong Kong. Um, uh, and uh, Dominic Rabbit in the headlights says, we've got to sort this out. In a move that will further escalate tensions, the foreign secretary is expected to announce that the government will no longer hand over a suspect to the former British colony. By the way, Dominic Rabb's a bloke that couldn't, didn't know um, about the English Channel. It follows Beijing's imposition of repressive security law in the territory that affects outlaws and effectively outlaws public protests. There's a lot of stuff, really dark stuff happening in China at the moment as well. I'll go and maybe do that tomorrow, maybe talk about that tomorrow, but... Um, these are the these are kind of the opening uh, gambits, the opening shots on some kind of cold war that will happen between the uh, the us and China. We'll see. Uh, uh, Beijing's ambassador 
Lou Eximing, he's anyways, he's Beijing ambassador, UK, yesterday accused the government of dancing to the tune of the Americans. Dancing! Over its decision last week to ban Huawei. The UK mobile providers will not be allowed to buy Huawei 5G equipment after the end of this year and will have to remove all of its 5G kit from their networks by 2027. So watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. The, uh, the Beijing ambassador was on yesterday on uh, Andrew Marr. And I've got to say, it wasn't a pretty sight. Talking of not a pretty sight, Kanye West has launched his campaign to become uh, the president of America. And it didn't go well. He brought. I think the man's really serious. And, and you know, I'm not making any fun out of this at all. But I think the man's got real serious mental health problems. It might even be bipolar. But he's, he was breaking down in tears. He was making some outrageous things. He said that, that any woman that has a baby should be given a million dollars. All that. And, and then he was talking about whether he was pro-life, or you know, they broke down. So I don't. I hate those moments when. You're looking at somebody that has got issues. You just know he's got issues. And it becomes a public spectacle that worries me. It does worry me that we, because it's not great viewing. Uh, but um, what's his name? Trump also did an interview at the weekend that wasn't pretty either. Oh, man. He's even saying, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, the comedian Bill Maher was the first one I noticed that said that, hey, after the election, will Trump leave the White House? And Trump has said now, he said, well, I'll see, because he's got this, he's got started this thing about postal votes, by the way, he does all his voting by postal votes. Um, he started saying that postal votes are open to uh, fraud and corruption. So if a lot of people actually get or uh, do the postal voting, he might not stick to the result. So let's... Uh, Come on, America. Come on, America. Come on, Biden. I don't care. Oops, microphone just fell over. Come on, America. Come on, Biden. Uh, here's one, uh, one that might um, rattle your cage. A new push to rename body parts. New body parts, yeah. Not the, not the, uh, not the nicknames. Yeah, your John Thomas or any of that. Or your Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I don't know if that's a nickname, is it? <laughs> New push to rename body parts like the Adam's apple and Achilles tendon because they are irrelevant and misogynistic. Australian doctors call for people to stop using medical terms named after men. Man, you are you crazy men? Anatomy lecturer, Dr Christine Small, asks her students to phase out the language, um, saying that there's other terms and more practical terms for the body parts. Um, Australian, doctors are, uh, Australian doctors are calling for people to stop using the terms named after men. Uh, and uh, Dr. Christine Small uh, teaches them to uh, phase out those words. She believes the terms represent older generations and is pushing to use more practical and descriptive parts, terms for the body parts. It's to decolonize, decolonize, yeah, decolonize, not colon, it's colony, but not colons. It's not washing out your colon. Though I've never had that done. What's it like? Has anybody had it ever done? No, I've never had it done, but apparently it's, it's good for you to have it all washed out. I did have a, is it a, a, a colonoscopy? Is it colonoscopy? Yeah, I've had that done, and endoscopy. I've had them both done on the same day. I think it was two different doctors. I did wash their, I hope they washed their hands. I bet they did. Uh, but I had a look more about this body parts thing. There are, there are a lot of names, places in the body that are named after um, the, the doctors and everything. 
Eustachian tube is uh, named after Bartolomeo Eustachio, Italian anatomist, anatomist, yes, Achilles tendon, uh, the Greek mythical warrior, I don't think he was a doctor. The pouch of Douglas, where's the pouch of Douglas? Oh, it's there. It is where you think it is. The yeah, the pouch of Douglas is down there. It's named after James Douglas, Scottish anatomist. Did this. Fallopian tubes. Uh, Gabriel Fallopio. Right. Uh, what's that? Montgomery glands. Which, uh, where are the Montgomery? Oh, it's around about your uh, chestal area. William Featherstone Montgomery, Irish obstetrician. Your Adam's apple, of course, biblical, yes. Wonder what, why, why would that? Oh, yes, to sort out who's men and who's, who's the girls and who's the boys. And the Clara cells. Now, you think Clara would be, uh, no, it's not. It's Max Clara, who's a German and another Mathis. Right. Oh, and look at this. Hysterectomy, procedure to rid women of hysteria. Do you see that? Yeah, it, it is misogynist. Well done. We've got to come up with new names. I don't know, see why the doctors don't just use the, uh, the sort of slang that we all use. That'd be fine, wouldn't it? Nobody would worry too much if you called it your John Thomas or your Wee Willy Winky. Hey, last one for you, because I've got to go that's 21 minutes and I'm going to go and do some shopping. Uh, we've got the Monday morning shops. Not a big shop today. Uh, get some shopping done. Uh, I'll be escorted off the uh, Gates community because we're not allowed uh, to go off the Gates community for longer, for anything other than shopping. Finding the perfect name for your child can be incredibly difficult. Well, yes, it is. And it's even harder when you have to come up with the two names if you're having twins. But one mum thought she'd found the right combinations for her fraternal twins. Oh, fraternal. This, this is Australia again. The Australian parent gave birth to a little girl and a little boy and named them Ari and Callum. Oh, that's nice. Ari and Callum, lovely. Two names which initially don't strike you as being out of the ordinary. However, someone soon pointed out to the mum that there was a bit of an embarrassing issue with the names if you were to swap them around because... <laughs> Got to read. I've got to read these before I say them uh, because <laughs> they sound like a seafood dish. Go on, are you, are you thinking about it? Yeah. So if you say Callum first and then Ari, it sounds like a lot like you're saying Calamari. <laughs> oh, bless her. Which is squid. It's not exactly the ideal food, food to be named after. The mum said she was devastated when she realised what she'd done, but thankfully she now sees the funny side of it. Well, of course it is. At first it didn't seem odd at all, but it never occurred to me to say the names the other way around. What? No, you wouldn't. Uh, luckily the twins uh, don't mind it either. They think it's hilarious. Well, how, how would the twins know? They're twins. They're, they're babies. She's not the only one who suffered a blunder when picking a name for a baby. One couple were planning to name their child Alibi, as they'd heard it on the news, but it seemed it didn't, they hadn't really thought about the word's meaning or what it meant for the little girl's future. <laughs> Alibi is a terrible name for your child. You've apologised for hurting her feelings, that's all you can do. <sighs> and somebody's going, People who, parents who give their children stupid names are arseholes. Oh, you name your children you, you, the best you can do. It's difficult to be a parent. Hey, I better get out of here. Finish my coffee. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, Ronnie at ronniebarber.co.uk. You can find me on Twitter as Ronnie has issues. I'm very happy to uh, keep in touch with you. Uh, any ideas you've got, um, fine. But hey, thank you for listening. Uh, there's uh, more of you starting to listen to it now, which is lovely. It's nice, isn't it? It keeps us out of trouble. It keeps me out of trouble. Have a good day, everyone. And remember to keep your pants in the inside of the whirly gig. See you tomorrow.